You're listening to Go Luxury Cruiser, a podcast produced for the seasoned traveler. Join our community of luxury travelers who enjoy listening to information about trending destinations, updates on cruise lines, and VIP access to curated cruise experiences. Welcome back to the Go Luxury Cruiser podcast. I am Tamoy Thelwell, and I am here with Krista Bonus and Mark Armbruster. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Awesome. Doing good. Doing good. Good. So today we are going to be talking about Crystal Cruises. I know we have been getting a lot of questions about the brand. We've had, we've heard some good things, bad things, everything in between. So we still want to address some things and go over what the future of Crystal may look like. So what have you guys, I know a lot of people have been contemplating and we have people wanting to book Crystal, but what would you say to the person that wants to book a crystal. Chris, do you want to dive in or should you, or should I? Because I have my opinions. I can totally dive in. I honestly, at this point right now, as a travel advisor of almost two, I don't recommend crystal bar. I would wait and see what they do, how they operate, if they get ships in the water and start sailing and all of that. There's just too many great products out there that are, that just haven't gone through what they've gone through. That may sound harsh, but as a person that was had a lot of clients who had issues getting money back and all that, I realize that's in the past, but, and they are strongly backed, but I just, I want to see what it turned into before we start recommending clients. That's my personal opinion. That's not Go Luxury Cruiser's opinion. That's Chris's opinion. But I would probably send my clients in any other direction by Crystal right now. Personal opinion. Yeah, so I just want to, for anyone that's listening who I doubt that you don't know what we're talking about or what we're addressing, really, just in case you have, you need a little bit of update and COVID affected a lot of cruise lines. And unfortunately, Crystal Cruises, I think, was probably one of the worst in refunding people's monies and paying travel agents. It was just a mess. And now in 2023, they have rebranded they're trying to relaunch and so that's what we're diving into crystal has been purchased by the a and k travel group and i personally think yes as chris said it's strongly backed but i am i align with you and i would say i would be a little bit conservative in booking crystal just want to see how they bounce back they have been so far the only cruise line to take this long to bounce back from i guess from my opinion, from my perspective. Mark, what do you think? Okay. I've been following the Crystal Saga quite closely. I'm one of those who was booked on a Crystal Cruise. This is going back a couple of years ago, right when the pandemic was doing its worst. And fortunately, we were able to get our money back. So I can speak to experience. The, what I would say to people is that the, this Crystal is not the Crystal of the past. And let me explain what I mean. The parent company is the one that was Genting Corporation. I think it's what it's called, the Genting Group or something like that out of Hong Kong. They purchased Crystal, I want to say, 2016, give or take. And through a variety of, in hindsight, very foolish decisions, overleveraged the brand, overleveraged themselves. And when the pandemic came, all of a sudden, they had no money coming in and no way of paying the people they owed money to. Although I should probably say, and I'm trying to remember exactly the source, but there were rumblings about this 
even before the pandemic hit, that all was not what it appeared with the Genting Group. Yeah. And that tells me that these owners were using, for lack of a better word, Crystal and the other brands underneath them, I think Resorts International, and I forget what the others were, as a private bank account. Funneling the money in and taking as long as they humanly could or legally could without paying the bills. And my goodness, when the ships were arrested last year about this time in the Bahamas, what was the fuel bill? I think for the Serenity alone, $4.8 million, or maybe that was for all of the ships. So to make a very long story short, and Crystal could have been liquidated. The ships could have been, the ships went up to auction and they could have been sold to the scrapyard. Any number of things could have happened. A&K Travel Group, which is owned by Manafredi, oh, I forget what his last name is, Manafredi Devodio, Devidio, I think, I don't want to, I don't want to butcher the man's last name, but he's the former owner of Silver Sea. And when he started Silver Sea, he wanted to model Silver Sea after the way Crystal did things. And of course, it's the previous genting Crystal Cruises. So the opportunity arose for Manafredi to purchase Crystal Cruises. And in the auction process, he purchased the Serenity, the Symphony, their two large ocean-going vessels. Looks like he passed on the river show boats, which went to a new new entity out there in Germany. And But he also purchased the history, the customer base, and the name of Crystal. For the folks that are that have a bad and a legitimate bad taste in their mouth for what happened with Crystal, in my opinion, the real beef is with Genting Corporation, not with Crystal themselves. Because I think just based on everything I have read and seen, Crystal was just as badly victimized as the suppliers, the employees, the customers, the travel agents, and on it goes. That's my take. So I'm a little less likely to be reluctant to recommend a Crystal cruise because of the reputation and the stability that that A&K Travel Group has. And I refuse to believe their integrity is so poor that they will not pay their bills going forward or invest properly in a luxury cruise experience. What's tell, what The other thing that gives me some hope is that they have been successful in returning previous Crystal Cruises employees, both at the executive, the management level, and then also shipboard back to staffing their vessels. And that to me is a very good sign. That means there, there's a deep love for the way the brand used to be, a deep desire to continue the brand going forward and comfort in the new owners that they will treat the brand with the respect that it deserves. That's my take on where Crystal is going. So when you think about the Crystal brand, you're absolutely right. The brand, it's a luxury brand. I know a lot of Crystal fans would was sorry to hear about how things unfolded. NK is keeping the Crystal name. Like you said, they've only purchased the Symphony and Serenity, which is interesting. We'll talk about where the river ships went. But do you think, I'm playing devil's advocate here. So you're a travel professional. You, I would say, Mark, or any travel agent that sells luxury cruises, we obviously would do our research to understand 
the difference between the, the cruise line and how the overall, the way that business was managed. Yes, you may understand that it was Genting, for example. People who were affected was affected by Crystal. That's the language, that's the communication that we hear in forums, in the community, that Crystal didn't pay my commission. C Crystal didn't refund my money. So I do think that they're, they are going to face a little bit of challenges getting over that because the typical person's not going to dive into everything that you just discussed, for example, you know? Right. Now you have, and now you're absolutely right. And I've been, right now, I'm going to give you a very good example of why I personally believe they should have gotten rid of the crystal name and rebranded. There's a little company, two companies, three, got a lot of them, but let's start with Oceana. Oceana ships, which are widely loved, are actually come from Renaissance ships that went out of business. The history of when they stopped service is very similar to what happened with Crystal. They literally rolled over to the side, discontinued services, and um, sent everyone home because they were out of money. That was Renaissance Cruises. Those ships are extremely popular to this day, sailing under Azamora, Oceana, Regent, and look how successful they are. The ships are nice. Everybody, and if anyone knows about those R-class ships, they are extremely popular. Everybody loves them. And they didn't, have, they didn't try to rebrand and reopen the Renaissance name. They went and became Oceana, and they became all these other ships, and they've done great. The people really love the Crystal ships. The Serenity and the Symphony are quite popular, and even though they're even the fact that they're a little bit older, they're still widely loved throughout the industry. And guests love them. I just once again feel that think about if the guys that started Oceana instead bought those ships and said we're going to be Renaissance again. Think about that. Think about the fact that they pulled those ships over and everybody walked off and that was it. And imagine trying to rebrand that. They What happened with Crystal, they chased the ship down and seized it. I mean, I'm trying to like, okay, we're good now because look, A&K is a strong Brit. And do I think they have the money to run the ship? Sure, but can't we call it A&K Crystal or Crystal and Abercrombie or whatever? Let's... If you think about it, I just, I don't know if it's a, I just don't know if it's a good idea. It's going to be hard to sell an upscale luxury cruise line to somebody when you don't know, like, you just don't know what, how people are going to respond. And if they can't sell it, then what? Even though A&K is a great brand, they can't sell the brand, then they're going to have to rebrand. They're going to have to call it something else. And maybe they should have done that from the beginning. And and that's very fair. It, it's They may have considered that, but I think at the end of the day, they decided that the, they must have decided that the brand was salvageable, that it could bounce back, but it would take enormous levels of trust. And those that were hurt the most by what happened last year will probably never return. Yep. That's, I'm sure they, they, they said okay, that's a risk we'll take. We would love to welcome these folks that were hurt back. But if you don't want to come back because of what happened, we understand. And the good news is that there's always new people 
coming into this market, trying luxury cruising out. And there's plenty that are loyal Crystal customers that weren't impacted, that had the foresight to buy the travel insurance or work with, pay for things with credit cards that knew how to return the money right away. That's what we did here. And, but to Chris's point, it's, it's, it's going to be an uphill battle. And I think if anyone is capable of taking that challenge on, I would think it would be the AMK group because of their decades of work in the ultra luxury travel space in building up silver sea from scratch and now with the vessels my concern at this point is can they meet the time frame that the serenity is going to hit the water in a few months the ships have been in dry dock dock for if it's a dry dock or wet dock in the i think they're at the fin cantier yards don't hold me to that but i think that's where they are and they're being massively redone for example the serenity when it went through its last renovation in 2017, the passenger count was reduced by, uh, I think, 100 to 950. It's now being reduced a further 200 to 750 guests. So what they're doing is some of the floors are being converted into suites of 300 square feet to, to 400 That's a good idea. plus. That's a very good idea. But so why not be calling? Why not call it the ANK Symphony? Why not call it that? <laughs> Why not say it's a new symphony rather than go back to Crystal? That That's what they're doing with the River Cruise Company. They've got, look, the Crystal River boats are beautiful. They're absolutely beautiful. The hardware is beautiful. They don't need to do anything to those boats. They can just put a new name on them and they're going to sell those like crazy. They're great. Everyone who we sent to those, Tamoy and I have sent how many people to those Crystal River boats? And they come back raving about them. There was never anything wrong with that hardware, and it'll be great. And now they're under the name River, River Riviera. I, I no River River Wheel, something like that. River Voyage. River, yeah, River and, 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 Okay, so sorry. And my apologies yeah. to those guys. No, no problem. And you know what else they did, Chris? They kept the trademark seahorses, but they modified them a little bit. Yep. So that anybody who looks at the logo of this new or this new entity that purchased the riverboats can easily see the Crystal Heritage. They also have not removed the names. They've kept the names of all five of the vessels: the Mozart, the Debussy, the Mahler, the Ravel, and the Bach. The names are still the same. Just Crystal has been removed. Again, to your point, I don't know why ANK chose to retain the Crystal name for the ocean-going vessels. Yet they did. We have to work forward. We have to go forward with this. I know Tomoy and I have been chatting this and then and our next discussion about crystal we'll have the crystal i would love to have the crystal rep on on in this call because i would love to ply him or her with questions about what they have in mind going forward and how they intend to win back the trust of those that were hurt some less more but those are all the things that have to be that have to be addressed i'm the eternal optimist with the with when it comes to the crystal brand i was really disappointed when i saw how the whole debacle turned out i knew things were bad but i didn't know they were that bad and i was very grieving almost because i had been following crystal for some time and really wanted to sail on the serenity and was looking so forward to my voyage with them back in 2020 i'm be one of those folks that's willing to throw the dice personally and sail on on these ocean going vessels once they return yeah. My take. Yeah, I agree. And uh, sorry, I just wanted to correct the, we, I said river. It, the company that bought the river ships is Riverside Luxury Cruises. And they've kept the name. So, for example, 
Riverside Mozart. They embodied the seahorse logo. Not sure if the, these guys existed before and if they also had the sea, the uh, seahorse logo, but so they kind of a modern take on the logo. I think to Chris's point, that's fair. Re renaming it could have helped because cruisers tend to fall in love with the ship and follow along. But I also think that the crystal following is strong enough to give Crystal a chance, just like how Mark is willing to. So it'll be interesting, and it'll be interesting to see how this plays. One thing that I'm following is I'm looking so forward to seeing what the pictures are going to look like of the renovation. And speaking of which, my hope is that they have are confident enough in their count in their schedule of return to service later this year that the ships will be ready in time because we all have things with the pandemic and the supply chains and the logistics issues that impacted everyone. It impacted Osara when they when they purchased R3, which became Pacific Princess after Renaissance Cruises folded. And and the new owners of Azamara purchased the Pacific Princess in twenty eleven in twenty twenty one, brought the ship to Fincantieri, I think it's where it was, and did the did a lot of the work, but it was a rush job. And the ship wasn't fully baked when it went through the christening and then the very first the very first sailing. So my concern is has A and K gone on too aggressive a timeline to have the Serenity and the Symphony ready to go when they start sailing later this summer? Yeah, I'm looking That's at yeah, I'm looking at the first sailing. I see they're doing Europe, Lisbon to Southampton to Reykjavik. And yep. I'm also looking at the fairs and the fairs are fairly low, I think, in my opinion, for a luxury uh, experience for the amount of days that the, the itinerary is involved. And so I wonder if that is a strategy to get people to to invest in traveling with them. They, I, absolutely. That's my opinion, too. For example, let's take one of these, the Lisbon to Southampton, which it's a 10-night sailing. The fares start at 5800 per guest, which for luxury uh, a sailing that is what is this thing a 10 night sailing during the high season is pretty aggressive but here's where they get interesting they converted a number of their ocean view rooms to single guest rooms with an ocean view no more double guest rooms without a veranda oh no i apologize no there's one here but if i look here on this particular sailing a single guest room is 6100 per guest wow that is that's low that's great that's very low for a ten night sailing. That's six hundred a night, or six hundred ten dollars a night. Yeah. And the crystal is going to be as inclusive as it was back during the last iteration. Meaning your meals are included, your drinks are included, your, probably your Wi-Fi as well. I don't think they're. I don't know what their plans are with the specialty restaurant or restaurants. There certainly will be an upcharge, and rightly so, for the. What is it? The chef's table. Chris, you know what it's called? The chef's table experience that Crystal was famously did in the past so yeah i forget the name slips my mind looking at the serenity not only was a lot of work done as a lot of work being done to reduce the cabin count and increase the number of suites but also to open up space for single for individual cruisers in ocean view cabins and these ocean view cabins are 215 square feet which is quite a lot uh, yeah. when it's just one person. Now, granted, the single cabins don't have a balcony. However, what they are doing, and this is very interesting, is they're providing butler service to the single passengers. That's not yeah. necessarily the case 
for the folks that are paying double occupancy to be in an ocean view or a veranda room that's on the same side. That that is an interesting strategy. So for that, I that's that to me that's quite impressive. I'm perfectly content to forego a balcony for a single supplement at this price point, and the windows are very they're large, they're not the little porthole windows, and to have some form of butler service, which is just fine by me. Yeah. Now, one of the my concerns will the ships be as I mentioned before? Will the ships truly be ready by July 31st, which is when the Serenity starts sailing, and then in September, I believe it is, is when the Symphony goes and begins their new. The Symphony begins its new set of voyages. I'm looking here at the dining on board, and the waterside is the name of the the main dining room aboard the Crystal Vessels. And I'm glad that they've kept the name, the waterside, and I'm trusting they're going to keep the Michelin-level menus and foods on offer to stay the same. They've changed, it looks like they've changed the name of a few things. It was the vintage room. That's where- The vintage room, yes. Yeah. So the vintage room has been kept. The Trident Grill over by the pool decks has been kept. What else? Tastes Kitchen and Bar is what they now call Silk Road, which is up again up there on the pool deck, or at least overlooking the pool deck. That's in the prior to the shutdown was street side Chinese Asian style cuisines. So this is going to be more on the toughest style, but will in, will encourage a family style experience for guests. Silk was like that. So let's see. This may be more much more continental. Then Asian in flair. Scoops ice cream is still going to be there. The marketplace, which is the buffet, is going to be there. Now the buffet in the prior to the shutdown was breakfast and lunch, and then became a Brazilian churrascaria at the dinner hours. Remains to be seen whether or not they'll keep that churrascaria style going on this particular ship, or if they have something else in mind. Yeah, they have the two specialty restaurants on the ships were Prego, which was a very highly regarded Italian restaurant, and Umi Uma, which had a relationship with Noble. Yeah. Uh, I looked at the deck plans for both of the ships, and Prego has been renamed, and again, I apologize if I'm mispronouncing it, but it look, it sounds like it's being called Osteria Dovidio, and that is the last, Dovidio is the last name of Manfredi, who is the owner of A&K Cruises, sorry, A&K Travel, and now the owner of Crystal. So that was interesting. And the space that was Umi Uma is blank now. So I'm suspecting they have something special in mind. I don't know if they're going to be working with a new celebrity chef for something of that regard. The when I look at other ships and their specialty restaurants, it's usually something Italian, something French, a steakhouse, and something Pan-Asian. I'm sure they're going to read their clientele correctly and put something appropriate in that spot. And I'm hoping the affiliation with a highly regarded celebrity chef will be one of those. As I read on, it looks like they will have relationships with ongoing chefs going forward. But one of the things that I think they're looking to really do is maintain the classic ultra-luxury cruising style. That is what Crystal did so well for so many years. Service unlike any other. People that worked on Crystal felt like they were part of a family. There was an enormous positive attitude aboard. It felt it impacted the guests. 
And I think that is what Manfredi and AMK is looking to maintain. That Crystal has now been has now been freed from the fetters of the past and to come back to its rightful place. So with pricing that seems relatively reasonable for this type of travel is a great way to begin bringing people back because these voyages really should be at $10,000 a head. Oh, yeah. I'm looking. Oh, yeah. There's there's a... Yeah, definitely. There's a Reykjavik, round trip Reykjavik. Usually Reykjavik itineraries close to $10,000 per person. It's half of that. Reykjavik to Quebec City starting at $5,700 per guest. Normally, when I think of traveling at this level, you should be spending minimally 800 a night, 900 a night, and rightly so because of the exclusivity that you are paying for. Yeah. Uh, and here they're pricing it much more along the lines of, dare I say it, celebrity? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Now I'm looking at these pictures. I know there's not a lot on the website, so we're still on the Crystal. They still kept the domain crystalcruises.com. Uh, right. Although the logo now just says Crystal, we'll see how that develops. There's not a lot of right. images. There's not a lot of images on the website, but from what I could see, the pictures are the ship looks more modern. So one of the things that I personally, I wouldn't say didn't like, but always said about Crystal was that they were slow to really upgrade their ships and the decor. So I'm happy to see that it's more modern which when you see new ships explore journeys for example then even the new celebrity ships norwegian they're they're, in my opinion the prima and then the viva they're aiming for the higher luxury family and their hardware is i would say luxury and it's gonna force crystal to really step up their game when it comes to their decor and i again i'm looking at the pictures if you go into the under the crystal website and you look in the staterooms you can see what the idea for the new staterooms are like and it's definitely a leap forward the decor before had oh let's see now muted greens and some muted yeah. blue cream color but a cool cream color on the wall to reflect almost like a key westy style vibe yeah. to it yeah. whereas yeah. regent and silver sea and seaborn and Explorer were taking a very different tactic. That's not the case any longer. It, based on the pictures that I'm seeing here, they're embracing the contemporary look to say, hey, we're, we've updated, we've changed a lot of things to look fresh, to look new. Yeah. Now, one of the things Crystal will have to do is they will need to address fleet updates going forward. These ships, the oldest ship, the newest ship is the Serenity, and that's 20 years old. It was christened in, I think, 2002, 2003, and it's 2023. The Serenity, I'm sorry, the Symphony was is nearly 30 years old, so they are yeah. not young vessels. All of the other cruise lines out there, I believe, have vessels, for the most part, much younger than this. Yeah. Fleet updates and new builds will have to be in Crystal's future, but they have what they have. These ships, like Chris said, are very well-liked. They have a very, they have a fiercely loyal following, and they're and it's a good place to start. I'm also interested to see what they do with the spa, because the spa it doesn't have quite the thermal suites that the modern builds do. So no thalassotherapy pool or salt room, but they do have a sauna and a steam room. So those things are there. 
but they I'm ho- I want to see what Crystal has in mind when they update the spa. Will they find a way to add a heated concrete loungers? Will they find a way to add a thalassotherapy pool in the back? Who knows? These are all things that I want to discuss with the Crystal rep when he or she makes themselves available for a discussion. Yeah. And we'll definitely have that person. We are in the works right now. We're working that out. So we will have them on the podcast very soon. But let's talk about the let's talk about the river vessels. I was just on the riversidecruises.com and I know they are right now you could only see the Mozart. So obviously they purchased the Mozart. I'm not sure if they purchased the whole f- river fleet, the river fleet from Crystal or if they just invested in the Mozart. But they started with the Mozart and they've purchased all the others. Okay. Uh, the I want to say it's the WC. I was on some of the cruise news websites. It shows the special vessels that are designed to take uh, a river boat and sail it through the ocean to the chipyards. They've purchased the remaining four former crystal vessels. Perfect. When I'm looking at... So I guess they're just rolling out... Sorry, I guess they're a riverside luxury cruises is rolling out the Mozart first, which I think is smart. Do it properly, use it as the benchmark, and then roll out the other ships. I think that's a smart approach. I agree. It's their signature vessel. I've never sailed on the Mozart before, but based on what Crystal had done with the Mozart, it was a it was something to be reckoned with. And of course, the Mozart's going to be going up against the Ama Magna and yes. the other the specialty vessels that are plying the Danube because of the Danube size. But they were right. That was the vessel to start with because of the Danube being the river of rivers to sail on. And then the next step would be the Rhine and the Rhone and oh, where else are they going to go as they get their different the different vessels? I think that the Douro in Portugal. So it remains to be seen what's going to be here. I noticed as I look through here, they are going to be keeping the waterside, which I appreciate in the vintage room. So yep. the link Crystal is being is kept alive and well. My hope is that they are keeping the decor and the looks of the crystal vessels. I don't think they are going as all inclusive in the fairs as Crystal was. So that tells me that because those who sail with Riverside will have to be paying for a beverage package. Yeah. Uh, again, I'm not sure why that is, but that's at least the way it appears here. And I don't also oh, don't know if they will be having some sort of a link up with the new Crystal and NK Cruises to where the one helps feed the other. But regardless, when I am on the rivers in Europe, you can bet it's going to be on the Riverside Luxury Cruises because yeah. I was I loved the Crystal ones before. Was looking so forward to sailing on them because we've discussed this in the past. Dine River Market during the Christmas time on the. I think it was WC, whatever it was that was selling the Rhine during the Christmas during the Christmas time. And of course that all got changed when Crystal went under. So I'm looking forward to seeing how much like the original Crystal Riverside will be. Yeah. I will say I was just listening to you and just listening hearing you say that Riverside Luxury Cruises will be the first river cruise line that you'll sail on. I'm impressed by your loyalty and the more that I listen to you, the more I'm convinced that there are a lot more like you that will give Crystal a chance. And the fact that they, the ships, the vessels, and I guess the brand was quickly picked up by these companies 
it does give me confidence in selling it. I would say if you are interested in cruising with Crystal, I would say to reach out to you, reach out to myself because we could help guide you. For example, if you wanted to sail in July, I would say if you wanted to sell in July based on the itineraries that you saw online, I'm sure you would say, hold off, maybe not go July, but let's look at September to give them extra time just in case. And you would be doing your due diligence. We would be doing our due diligence. It's not that we don't have faith in Crystal, but we just understand the business. We understand hiccups that could happen. But just listening to you, I do have confidence in the brand. And I do think, I think they're here to stay. I think this is a long-term investment for both companies that acquired the ships. And I think they know that and understand that. And they priced their voyages accordingly. They they need to acquire, first gain confidence of the past guests who are custom to the Crystal brand. But also a lot of cruise lines are going after new to brand. So I do have confidence. I would sell these any day. Yeah. Now here's how I personally would position Crystal. We've discussed Explorer Journeys at length in a previous podcast and we still will be. Aura is a completely different drum. This is the classic ultra luxury cruise experience. And they, I personally believed Crystal did it better than anyone else out there. Yeah. For the folks that are new to luxury cruising and want to see what a classic cruise ex- luxury cruise experience is like, you cannot get any better than Crystal. You just simply cannot. And uh, one of the things that I personally will look so forward to seeing is when I board the Serenity is to see the beautiful atrium with the Tiffany lamp style ceiling. You know what I'm talking about, Tumoy? Yeah. The multi-color ceiling that's backlit. And then the waterfall and the beautiful music, the atrium bar and all of the other things that come along with it. Then And then the ship has a cruise director and classic cruise experiences, like your trivia games, your bridge, the things that make for a happy classic cruise experience. This is for the folks that want to be served, that want to be waited upon, that aren't necessarily wanting to dive in and go all over a, a go go all over port not to say that the folks that would sell crystal aren't going to do that but these are for the folks that want to be served and shown a very impressive time yeah and i know a lot of people who book their own travel online but i would say i would suggest i would recommend that if you wanted to book any of these crystal experiences to book it with a travel agent. And the reason why is because we're going to have more insight on what's happening, sometimes quicker than it being released to the public. And and then also, if anything was to go wrong, the travel agent obviously has a little bit more resources and is empowered. I don't want to say or predict that there will be, but just just as a precaution, I like I said, I do have confidence in the brand. I do think that they'll come make a comeback. But I think to have a travel agent book these, just to make sure everything's covered. Sometimes we're able to see from a bird's eye view what's happening. I think that would be the best approach with as they come back into. The- and I also want to echo Chris's caution because I'm sure there are folks listening to us that may have been burned by Crystal in the past. Yeah. I could stress anything. This is not your father's Crystal Cruises. That was Genting and Genting's highly criminal treatment of not only the brand, but of the vendor's the guests 
who paid a lot of money to sail on a highly exclusive experience and had their funds at all but incinerated. Yeah. When every, the other thing this should stress, when people travel, they really need to have good travel insurance and to make sure the policies contain an addendum in the event of a cruise line bankruptcy. Yes. Uh, it, that has not always happened very often. Chris brought up Renaissance Cruises, what happened in 2000, 2001. I think they went under after 9-11 and, that the, and the, the impact that the terrorist attacks in New York had on travel worldwide at the time. Yes. So when you travel, you make you want to make sure your policies contain an affidavit or addendum that they will be covered in the event the cruise line goes under. And it's just sensible to do that. And you're being yeah. asked to, Crystal and all the other luxury cruise lines out there, ask people to invest considerable sums to sail with them. And in exchange, you're getting the exclusivities and incredible experience on board. But you need to know that you're protecting the events, the unthinkable. Unfortunately, in the world, in, in Crystal's last iteration, that is what happened. So, Crystal has been reborn. It's risen like a phoenix out of the ashes, and it's in good hands going forward. So, my 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 conviction is this is a new Crystal. A new sun is rising. This brand will be taken care of in the way it ought to be taken care of. And I think it's worth giving a chance. The other thing I would stress is because the costs are quite reasonable, and this is priced out like a, at least in the entry-level cabins, not to really call them entry-level because 215 square feet for a cabin is still quite a lot of space. Yes. Uh, is, this is a great starter to what luxury, ultra-luxury cruising is in. I think that's worth giving a shot. I personally would not book anything in July or August if for no other reason the ships may not be ready. The, that's the risk. I Hopefully I am dead wrong and that the ships will indeed be ready. So the, that's a question we'll have for the Crystal Reps when we get to speak with them in a few weeks. Yeah, no. I think this was a perfect conversation starter. If you guys are interested, if you're listening to this, you're interested in Crystal, learning more about when to travel with Crystal, reach out to Mark, give them your... your contact information yeah my email is mark m-a-r-c at goluxurycruiser.com and of course you could visit our website you could call us we're definitely here to help but i'm excited to see what happens we're definitely going to have the riverside luxury cruise rep on the podcast and also crystal to follow up with this and give us more insight on what to expect so guys thank you so much for listening to the podcast if you enjoyed it please subscribe on uh, whatever platform you're listening to this right now. And uh, we look forward to speaking again. Thank you, Mark, for joining me. Glad to. And thanks to both you, Tamoya and Chris, for having me on again. All right. Thanks, guys. Join us again next time. Happy sailing. Thanks for listening to the Go Luxury Cruiser podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to us on iTunes or Spotify. If you found value in our show, we'd appreciate your rating. You can also connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Go Luxury Cruiser. Have questions about cruising or a destination? Visit our website, www.goluxurycruiser.com for trending cruise and travel information. Or schedule a free consultation to discuss your future cruise and travel plans. Until next time, happy sailing.